This episode of The Table Podcast is brought to you by Southern Fusion Barbecue Sauce. You can pick up some of that spicy Southern sweetness at southernfusionbbq.com. You're listening to The Table Podcast. This is more than just a podcast. It's a place we want to have beneficial, informative, and entertaining conversations, all from a Christian worldview. So thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can join the conversation, too, by emailing us at thetablepodcastsc at gmail.com. The podcast starts in three, two... One. Hey everybody, welcome in to a very uh, special episode of The Table. Um, in, in, in light of a lot of what's going on in our nation today, and especially, um, I do want to go ahead and kind of set these um, statements out there before we dive into our conversation. I've got a guest here uh, today, one a good friend by the name of Douglas. He's with us and um, he's going to be helping us out kind of, he's got a background in, in uh, personal carry and concealed weapon carry and um, personal um, security and things like that. Not personal security, but uh, he, he helps run security or operate or oversee security for a nonprofit in the area. Um, and he's been a longtime friend, taught me a lot about guns, taught me, um, actually helped me buy my first gun. Um, and I thought he would be a really uh, great uh, person to bring to the table and have this conversation. So, Douglas, welcome to the table. Glad you're here. Um, thank you so much for kind of sitting down with us and being here. I appreciate it, Jimmy. Um, happy to be here. It's an honor to sit down and talk to you on a, situa- on a situation like this and just... Um, just talking about what where our world is at today and right. kind of what we can do to protect ourselves. And I, and I think, here's the thing, we want to be very respectful and careful. We understand that in light of what happened in Uvalde, Texas, and um, I think we have a great example and great argument for um, personal carry for what happened with the mall shooting in Indiana. Um, that, was a, that was a 22-year-old man that um, – the I, I even walked through and looked at some of the stuff. We, we'll get into that later, <clears throat> but we, we have a, 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 a we want to be respectful um, and understand that yes, there were um, lives lost in those situations, and um, we are we don't want to um, tread lightly. We know that um, evil is out there, and and I think that's one of the big things, one of the big big arguments that we have is that. Evil has been there since the fall, since Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, and even Cain used a rock. So it's uh, it's not um, doesn't matter what you got in your hand um, because of our sin sin nature. Um, man is going to use whatever he has, whether it be a gun, whether it be a pipe bomb, whether it be in the case of I don't know if many of y'all remember the Oklahoma City bombing. That was a U-Haul truck. Mm-hmm. And on 9-11, those guys used... Airplanes and, box, and cutters. box cutters. Yeah. And so it, um, we want to have... And I, and, I, and I came to you and I said, Hey, um, let's talk about this. Because, um, you know, you're, you're the guy that I know that knows the most about guns. Um, and, and you've always been very open about uh, self-protection and um, you actually enjoy kind of serving the nonprofit that you serve like that that a lot of people look at well that's just sick no you enjoy being a protector like yeah. it's it's a part of your nature it, yeah it's a part of my nature it's part of my personality and when when this team was started for the nonprofit 
the question was asked, why do I want to be a part of it? Well, my job as a father and as a husband is to protect my family. Right. So why should I let other people do my job for me? Right. So if I have that spirit in me of protection and I know that's my role as a husband and father, then I'm going to step up and do that. Yeah. And part of, you know, scripture tells us that we got to love our neighbor as ourselves. Right. And, and I and think part of that yeah. is to protect them. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I you're apologize. good. <laughs> part of that is me loving my neighbor is protecting them. Right. And I, and I think a lot of times, and, and when we started having this conversation, um, you basically told me, he said, you said, why do you want to own a gun? Why, and maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but we do want to ask the question, is gun ownership, is is there a biblical basis for gun ownership? Um, and it was funny, you were joking, you were like, well, you know, I don't care if there is a biblical basis or not, I'm still going to protect my family with a firearm. But thankfully, I, I think we have some, some good arguments and, and good, well, does, does scripture state it specifically? No, it doesn't. Direct, you know, thou shalt not own a gun or thou shalt own a gun. or Correct. There's not a specific command there in Scripture. However, we see mandates in Old Testament and New Testament where we have the basis for protection. Well, and the question you asked me is, um, when, you, when you proposed this conversation was, what do Christians do when the government comes to take their guns? Yeah. And the joke that I said is, I don't have any. <laughs> I sold them a yeah. month ago. Yeah. Some guy come through in the neighborhood, knocked on my door, wanted to buy my guns. I sold them to him. I don't yeah. know. So, yeah. But the Constitution gives me the right to to bear arms. Yeah. Um. Do within that construct yeah. construct, I'm not looking to shoot somebody. Right. That's the last thing I want to do. Right. And there there are things that you can do, not to shoot somebody. Right. And it's it's all how you talk to people. How do you respond to certain situations? Right. And that kind of thing. And so you, you've got a stigma of people out there that want to say, well, you, the only reason you're buying a gun is because you want to shoot somebody. No, that's, no. That, no. But you cannot negate the fact that there are people out there right. that are evil, that right. want to do evil things, and right. they're going to do whatever it takes right. and use whatever it takes to do those evil right. things. And I, and I think what we have to do is be very careful here because there's a lot of rabbit trails that we can go down oh, yeah. with this conversation and with this topic. And you just mentioned the Second Amendment. And so uh, for those of y'all, um, it's very accessible. If y'all just go to Google, go to DuckDuckGo, and just type in the U.S. Constitution. Just type in the U.S. Constitution, and I would say verse yourself on the amendments because what blows my mind is that um, – and I'm not saying that this is the case for every public school in America, but there are a lot of kids today, students between K through 12, that do not know the Constitution. Correct. And um, the Second Amendment is the one that you just specifically cited, and I'm just going to read that really quick. A well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. That is the amendment. Now, a lot of people go, well, uh, that's only referring to a group of uh, a group of men in, 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 in wartime situation where we can uh, defend ourselves in a wartime situation. We're not in a wartime situation, so so there's no need for, for, for John Doe to have a gun, and, and there's no need for you to have a gun. We have the police, and we have the military, and we have all these people. My question then to the person that would say that is, if a war 
or if an attack were to happen right now, that free and regulated militia needs to be quickly formed. And they need to be armed when they quickly form. How else are they going to be armed? You're not going to go down to the local National Guard Army and, oh, here's you a gun, sir. Here's you a gun, sir. Here. No, you're going to have every Tom, Dick, and Harry pulling out their arsenal, putting on what they got, mm-hmm. and gathering at the courthouse, the wherever, to protect their, their property and their, their country. Yep. Um, and I know I kind of went on a tangent there with the re- well-regulated militia, but what – I mean, but what are also- your thoughts? My thoughts on that is this: that yeah, we may not, we may or may not be in a wartime scenario, depending on how you look at it. If if a intruder breaks into my house and wants to do harm to me or my family, right. I would consider that a wartime scenario. I and it's not, it's not a, it's not a militia, it's not Combat. a yeah. But in that moment, I am in a wartime scenario to where it is my job to protect and and help my family. That's my role. And so we can we can throw the big words like yeah. war and that kind of stuff out, but the scenario is still the same. People are coming to do harm to me and mine. Right. So my job is to protect that. And, and that, the equalizer for me is yeah. my handgun. And, and as a man who loves Jesus— that is a biblical mandate on our, sorry, you know, don't care if I trigger you or not. There are gender roles within scripture because God created us certain ways to complement each other mm-hmm. and for his design to work properly. Yep. And so one a part of a godly man's job is to protect and provide for his family. Now, that protection goes in a myriad of different directions. Just, you know, we're at a water park or somewhere like that. You're, you, we were talking a little bit earlier about this, and, and you said you're always, no matter where you're at with your family, you're always assessing the situation. Yeah. You're always wanting your back to the door, or not the back to the door, but, the you know, your back to the wall so you can see who's coming in, who's coming out. Always aware. Well, and, and it's not... I don't want people to think that I'm paranoid because right. I'm not, but ignorance can kill. If I'm surprised right. by something that I don't see coming, it can hurt me or it can hurt my family right. or it can hurt, you know, hurt the person next to me at the table next to me or something like that. So what better way for me to look around the room, right. just assess the situation and move on. Right. Um, when someone opens the door and comes in, I just look at them. Right. I'm giving them, you know, hey, what's up? Eye contact. Eye contact, whatever. That is, and I think we all do that to some level. And I'm not, when I do those things, I'm not always looking for a threat. Yeah. Because the thing is. You're a friendly person too. Yeah. And I'm I'm just, I love people. I love talking to people and I make friends everywhere I go. Yeah. Um, We were, we were at lunch one day and, you know, a group of officers walked in and, I I just saw how they were wearing some of their weapons, and so I just asked the guy, "Why do you do it this way? Why why don't you do it this way?" Yeah. And it, it was a learning experience for me. Right. So I'm not a paranoid guy or a conspiracy right. guy, but right. I don't want to be caught off guard either. Yeah, you're aware that man is sinful at, at their core and at their nature, and yeah. sinful people, lost people, going to act lost, and they're going to act they're they're going to act on selfishness. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and I think what made me, um, 
and I'm and I'm and I'm ashamed to say this, but the circumstances of 2020, COVID, the protest, all of those things, um, you know, even taking it to January 6th, you mm-hmm. know, we're not. I'm not wanting to be political here. What continually ran through my mind though was this: What would I do if I were out in public with my family, mm-hmm. my wife and my son? Oh, at the time we didn't have my son. But if it were me and my wife, what would I do? And um, it really drove me to say, I need to get my concealed weapons permit mm-hmm. so that I can always not 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 to be this trigger happy guy that's yeah. you know well, you don't mess with me, I got a gun. No, that's I don't want people to know that I have that I'm carrying at yeah. all. Yeah. I mean that, that's my goal. I I don't want to use it. And see, with, and with the state of South Carolina now is an open carry state, right? Um, I never open carry, right? Because if you think through the scenario, um, let's say I'm at a restaurant. Right. Guy comes in, wants to rob the place. He's got a weapon. He's got a gun. Who mm. the who the threats for to him? Yeah. Are everybody that's got a gun or a badge? Yep. So he's, he's going to be the first people to take those. Yeah. That, those, are, those are the first people he's going to take out. Right. So if I don't show that I have something, I've got a I've got an opportunity to surprise him. Right. And that's why I never open carry. Yeah. Even though I have the ability to, and it goes back to it goes back to the the way that the guy in in Indiana, the twenty two year old boy man, I don't say boy, he's twenty two, the way that he pulled off what he, I don't know if you saw the distance of the shot that he pulled off. It was a for him with a with a nine, I think he was carrying a nine, with a nine millimeter to pull that shot off across a food court, not hitting anybody else, mm-hmm. but hitting the shooter. Dude had some good aim. Well, and that brings <laughs> – so you you started this off with the first question I asked you. Right. Why do you want a gun? Right. And your answer is to protect your yourself and your family. Right. Which is a very justified reason. Some people will say, well, if, if something bad goes down, then I want to be able to, to take the guy out. That's not a justified scenario. I mean, right. it's, not a, it's not a good reason. Right. My second question is, are you proficient with that tool? Right. I mean, and, and we could we could be talking about knives. I don't always carry. Right. If I'm in an if I'm in an area where I feel is somewhat safe and right. I don't need a firearm, I've got a knife in my pocket, yeah. and I'm I'm good with it too. Right. I am decent with my hands. Right. So there there are a myriad of ways you can protect yourself. Right. Concealed carry is not for everybody, and I knew certain people in my circles of right. influence that I would be scared if they carry. <laughs> so I'm not one of those, am I? <laughs> no. Gun ownership is not for everybody. Right, right. But if you're going to own one, you better know how to use it. Right. And use it well. Right. Even to the point of breaking it down, cleaning it, putting right. it back together. You train, I mean, you train with it. Right. You go to the range and shoot. You and, do and, all these things. And I heard a guy that does that teaches concealed carry classes and and weapon weapon handling classes that you don't have to be a long range sniper with your with your handgun. No. You just have to be able to own and control the distances of your territory. Mm-hmm. If it's your house, um, and for your example, or or you know, two, three-story house, whatever, the angles from which you would be coming from to approach an intruder in your house, you've got to have a plan in place and you've got to be able to know that, okay, I've got to be proficient at 20 yards. I've got to be proficient at 15 yards. Yep. Whatever those distances are, 75 feet from, from my bedroom door 
to where the intruder would be coming in from my front door or mm-hmm. my side door, whatever. Um, so that was a that was a big point that that um, you know I heard and and you really that's that's all you got to be good at. You you don't have to be one of the world's top shooters. No. You just got to be able to control and and know how to handle your territory. Exactly, you're, you're and, protecting. And even to the point of my family knows, like me and my wife have talked about, if someone breaks into the house, what's going to happen? Who right. get, who gets the kids? Who gets the weapon? Right. All these things. What are the plans? What, yeah. What's the plan? Where do where do where does my wife and kids go? Right. While I'm looking for the perpetrator, all right. these different things. So there's a plan in place. It's no right. different than my family knowing if there's a fire in the house, where where we meet up at, where do we go? It, if there's it, a tornado, where do we go? Yeah. And and my my kids don't even know that conversation. Yeah. It's me and my wife because that we are the leaders of our house. Right. And it goes back to just being responsible. Yeah. Owners. Yeah. You know, treat and there's a process. So, so I know that you know we're we're almost 17 minutes into this thing, and people are probably yelling at the and going, well, give me a biblical basis. You know, you guys said that y'all were going to talk, you know, answering and thinking through this process biblically of whether we should uh, own weapons for protection. Yeah. Um, and, and and I think you make a great point that it goes beyond guns. Hey, if you're proficient with a katana blade, put that katana blade up somewhere where your kids can't get it and get on it, get on it, be ready, Train you know, whatever. It. Train with it. Um, if you're throwing stars are your thing, Hey, you know, uh, it, whatever, uh, you have the right as an American to protect yourself and your property and your family and those Correct. things. Now the question becomes, yes, we have that right as an American, but do we have that right as a Christian? Mm-hmm. And so um, we're going to dive into some things real quick. And I and I just want to point out some stuff real quick, just some biblical verses. We're going to talk about them. We're not going to do a huge breakdown of, of you know, uh, scripture here, but we're going to point you to some some places to think about. Oh, okay, that's a good point. That's a you know, I see their point. Well, I may not agree with that, or I kind of agree with that. We're we're just wanting to get you thinking about this, and where we're going to start um, is let's see, and, and I'm not sure if I got the right verse here, <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna start with um, Luke. I'm gonna start with Luke um, Luke 22. And now in Luke 22, verses 35 through 38, um, we see where Jesus is commissioning missionaries again. Now, a lot of people will make the argument of, oh, well, he commissioned, there's twice that he commissioned his disciples or missionaries to go out and spread the gospel. First time he said, don't take anything, uh, take anything with you. But the second time in Luke 22, uh, 35, through 30, 35 through 38, he says this, go ahead and read it. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you out to preach the good news and you did not have money in a traveler's bag or any extra pair of sandals, did you need anything? The disciples replied, no. But now he said, take your money and your traveler's bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. For the time has come for his prophecy about me to be fulfilled. He was counted among the rebels. Yes, everything written about me by the prophets will come true. So right there, I think one of the big things that we see is that he's telling his disciples, those that are going out, and and not in an agent of war, but going out, selling your cloak to buy a sword for protection as they go out. Um, And that is the, 
a, a big thing that we need to observe. It goes back to that whole reasoning thing of why. Yeah, and it also it also goes back to environment. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus is sending these disciples out, they're going. They may be going into environments that are hostile against the gospel. Mm-hmm. So he wants them to be able to protect themselves. Right. Right. So right. if I'm if I'm going to a, an environment, an area of town, uh, whatever, depending on the environment, dictates what I carry. Right. So if I'm going to a really really rough side of town where I've got to do some business or or, or look at a house right. or something like that, then I'm going to have my 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 firearm with me. Right. But if I'm just going taking the kids to get ice cream or something like that, right, I'm just going to have my knife on. It's yeah. in my pocket. It's a small little knife, but it's something that I can use for protection and to deter someone else. And that goes to the argument of the notion that that we you hear about all of the school shootings, you hear about all the shootings that take place, all the gun violence that happens in Chicago. But what you don't hear about is the fact that how much, how many uh, circumstances or how many situations are deterred because of gun owners. Exactly. You look at the scenarios, and even um, you know we we were in high school. Really, kind of feels like all of this started with Columbine. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was it was my senior year in high school. You had already graduated, but. It feels like that's where all of this started, and and those guys. I don't I don't know a lot about the situation, but we look at every scenario, and in Uvalde, Texas, and in Columbine, it, it's a fishbowl situation where you've got a soft target. Soft target. Yes, we can we can there. I think that's another conversation about the the shooter, whatever. Why do, why do these people shoot? Choose these these places because they're not going to get shot back at maximum damage right minimal right restraint and and usually unfortunately it usually ends with them taking their own life yeah um and i feel like we can take and set that aside because there's a a whole different conversation to be had about mental health and process of buying and those things um when it comes to that those those situations um, but I feel, man, I would, I really would love to know this and I would, I would be willing to bet that it's a daily basis that, that situations are averted because somebody gets lathered up like a shooter, walks into a situation and lo and behold, they, their eye catches a police officer sitting over in the corner, uh, or, or they may have seen a man, you know, as they're walking in. They see his shirt kind of show the imprint of the gun that they have on their hip. You just don't know. Well, and I've got a, there's only been two times that I've had to pull my weapon out. And I've had my CWP for 10 years. I, there's only been twice that I've, that I've felt that, okay, this could go bad really quickly. I mm-hmm. need to get my weapon. One of the times I was on my way to work, I was getting off of 85 onto the exit that I get off of every morning. Mm-hmm. And on that particular exit, there's two lanes. Well, there's three lanes. Two lanes go to the right. One lane goes to the left. Well, the car come across three lane, all three lanes, cut me off. He did not see me. Right. And if I hadn't been paying attention, he would have hit me. It had mm-hmm. been a really bad wreck. So when he finally stopped at the red light that we were coming up to, I just honk my horn, burn, burn, say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm here. You almost hit me. 
Right. Well, he proceeded, he apparently was having a very bad morning, right. and threw his car in park, jumped out of the car, and started, and started walking back toward me. Right. Well, he was a way bigger guy than me, and so I just leaned over to my console, pulled out my weapon, had it on my lap, mm-hmm. just in case. Yeah. I didn't want to. Right. But he was coming at me very aggressively. I'm in my truck. Right. And I didn't have anywhere to go. So at that point, I wanted to be prepared. Right. Well, he seen me lean over to my console, and he seen me motion like I'm grabbing yeah. something and realized, okay. He's got something I don't want to mess with. Exactly. So yeah. he flips me off, turns around, gets back in his car, and drives off. Right. So did I have to shoot? No. But yeah. he was the, I made the motion, and that motion deterred him and made him think, Things are going to, you know, I don't want this smoke. And it kept the peace. It kept the peace. It kept the peace. And that goes to Romans 8 or 12, 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. doesn't say how you go about living peaceably. It's just that you, in the argument, there's a strong argument that can be made is that the Second Amendment allows and has allowed the United States for over 250 years to be a peaceable area where, you know, if the if my neighbor wants to practice Islam, hey, you know what? And if and if Susie and Tara, sorry if your name's Susie or Tara, if Susie and Tara want to marry each other, they have the freedom to do so. Yeah. Now, as a Christian, I want Christ to get a hold of both of them and change their lives for the glory of God. But the freedom in what this country allows allows those to to live and be and do as they so shall please, and the the Second Amendment allows that to be possible. It protects it. It protects it. The Second Amendment protects those things to happen. If I want to be a believer in Christ and live my life such, which I do, right, and and will continue to do, uh, I have the freedom to do that. Right. If a Muslim wants to do that, that's fine. Right. That brings us to another part of the Bible where, mm-hmm. as I'm living my life, I am to love and build relationships with these people. Right. For the purpose of the gospel to be heard. Right. I'm not doing it with a sword. No. I'm not doing it with a handgun. Could be argued that Muslims do do it with a sword, but uh, uh, yeah, that's another could, podcast. That's another podcast, another situation. <laughs> but the same freedom I get to live my life, they get to live their life too, whether right. I agree or disagree. Right. Right? Right. And so the Second Amendment protects that right. freedom. But Good, it, bad, or the ugly. But you can also take and say, okay, take it a step further is that this the notion of that we are all created in God's image. We are not all God's children. Exactly. We are created, let me be very clear, in Genesis, amago dei, in God's image. So I, this freedom that we have to keep the peace, to protect our families, our country, our city block, our acre of land or whatever, mm-hmm. is also speaking to... The fact that I respect my neighbor as an image bearer, and I want to protect them too because they are image bearers, and and you love them, right? Whether whether they have right. a different societal standard than you, or ethics, yeah. or whether homosexual or heterosexual right. or right. a different religion or or transgender, whatever, you, you, because they were created in the image of Christ, they are not a child of God. Right. But you still love them because they're an image of Christ. Yeah. Now, or an image of God. Sorry. Now, let's let's flip this too. There and I know that probably the the someone listening to this has probably already said in the well, what about in in, in Matthew 5? I'll give you the 
scripture citation for it in Matthew 5 where Jesus says, turn the other cheek. If someone does something to you, turn the other cheek, blah, 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 blah. Um, really, when you look at that passage of scripture in context, it's talking about offense, not physical defense. It's talking about if, if you say words to me, calling me, uh, you know, uh, a cotton-headed ninny mugging, you know, uh, uh, a lint liquor or whatever you want to say. I mean, I'm not going to uh, – yeah. you get what I'm saying. It's saying, you know what, I don't care what you think of me. Yep. I, I, I'm going to let you say your words, and I'm just going to, you know, turn the other cheek. And, and it, you want to insult me some more, go ahead and insult me. You're not going – my value and my worth is not found in you. And that's where Christ was going with that. And I think, and I think that that point needs to be hammered in hard. Mm-hmm. That I don't find my value in what Jimmy thinks right. or what Joe Schmo around you know right. out on the street thinks of me. Right. My value is found in Christ. Right. Right. And so I care what Christ thinks of me. And as long as I'm pursuing Him and trying to be His image. Right. In both my emotional, my talk, right. the way I walk, the way I handle certain circumstances, right. the, the places that I go, the right. things that I do, then I'm not worried about other people right? because I, cause God says that I'm beautiful. God right. says that he loves me. God says that I have value. Mm-hmm. And that's the value that I believe in. Right. Now, yes, my feelings may get hurt if Jimmy calls me a fat slob. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm with you. But that's not my value. Right. I know that I'm not the best looking guy in the world, but right. God thinks I'm beautiful. Yeah. And he loves me regardless of what I look like and what I do. And those same people that, that make the Matthew 5 and, and hear us, we're not mocking you. We're not making fun of you. We're, I'm wanting to put all the potential arguments that we could see on, the table, on the table and, and address these things. The same person may point to Matthew twenty six fifty two, where he looks at Peter after... Peter being Peter, the hothead, the whatever, how you want to. Impulsive. Impulsive. Let's not call him a hothead. I think yeah, Peter gets very bad. impulsive. He's a passionate. He was a passionate dude. He was impulsive, um, and and he and did the, a lot of things that he didn't think through before <laughs> he did. Right, and this which is, we do all the time. Right, and this is also in the context of Peter knows that in this process, Jesus has already looked at Peter at at the you know Last Supper and saying, "Hey, you'll deny me three times." This was after that, and so Peter kind of maybe with some of his zeal was going, you know what, I'm going to show Jesus that I'm not going to deny him. And when they come to arrest Christ, he's the guy that pulls the sword and lops the soldier's ear off. Well, and I was listening to a pastor talk about this in, in preparation for this, and he made a great point. And, okay. I, and I never never thought about this, never, and I've read it a hundred times, but it just never hit me. When Jesus is standing in front of this multitude of people that are about to arrest him and take him right. and beat him and do all these things. Right. He says one word, and I can't remember what the actual Hebrew word is, but right. it basically means I am, Yeah, which is a holy word. Yeah. What did the people do when he said I am? They fell. They fell. Yeah. The people that were about to arrest him. Fell down. Fell and, and beca- almost to the point of worship. Yeah. And, and the pastor said that they heard their creator's voice. And, 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 and. And I'm not trying to preach or anything like no, that. But, no, But the point was this, that at that moment, Peter saw all this. Right. Peter saw Jesus say, I am, and he saw the multitude of people, right. thousands of people, right. fall on their face. Right. What, what, would I, 
what would my emotional state be in that moment? And I can tell you, it'd be like, oh, man, it's about to get on now. Yeah. And so he was giving him some mercy. He was pumped up. He thought they were about to go to war. And he reacted in such a way. And it was 12 or 13 people against a, almost a legion of soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it was like, soldiers, peasants with clubs, right. servants with clubs. It, but but the son of God on your side, I like those odds. <laughs> yeah. So he's pumped. I mean, he's pumped up. Right, and he's right, like, right. he just saw everybody hit their knee and mm. because they hurt, I am. And, and here's the thing. He wasn't swinging just to cut the ear off. Right. He was swinging to kill the guy. Yeah. And then, then you read Jesus saying, put it up, man. What are you doing? Put put the sword back. Yeah, and there, there could be a deeper argument there, too, of that these things had to happen for the will of God to be done. Yes. And Peter was trying to stop that. Well, and if you, if you Or talk, impede that. I don't want to say stop it because he couldn't have stopped. Yeah, and, I, and I, think, I think all because you and I both believe God is sovereign. Right. He knew what was going to go down and how it was going to go down. Right. Um, but Peter felt like he had something to prove. Right. Right. And, and that's where his mistake was. I don't carry because I feel like I have something to prove. Yeah. I do not want yeah. to shoot somebody. Yeah. I, but I also don't want to be forced into a situation where I feel I need to. Yeah. And not have it. And not have it. Right. And so, and I think that's what it comes back to. I don't have anything to prove to anybody. Yeah. And I know this is total speculation, but in that situation, do you think uh, we have the indication that Peter had the sword, but there were... 12, 13, maybe even more that were there on Jesus' side, do you think that, that Peter was the only one carrying? No, because the scripture we read before right. that I read, that was after the, 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 the Last Supper, right? before they went to the garden, right? and he told them to get a sword. right? Well, the next verse that I, that I should have read, but I didn't, the disciples came back and said, we found two. Yeah. So there was so another they, person that had There was another person that huh. had a sword. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that's interesting. Now... And and I, and I think we have, I would say, a very biblical basis within the right motives. I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna go and buy an, a firearm to prove a point. Correct. I, there is an argument that firearms do help us uh, affirm what acts the command in acts when when God told Peter to rise, kill, and eat. It, it the the rifles and the shotguns help us rise, kill, and eat. Um, but the second, you know, you've seen the meme, but the second amendment was not created because the deer were coming. Mm-hmm. The second amendment was created because of the tyrannical British government. Yeah. And, and they wanted to give the people the right to protect themselves against a tyrannical government. Yeah. Now that's another side road that can be, that can go down. But, but I think we come back to, we've, I feel like we have, have stated a biblical basis for sound ownership. For sound ownership, for protection, mm-hmm. I think we have to be careful with our words there and, and make sure that it's there. And, 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 and of course, you know, this, there, there's a point where all this meets, too, is, is, is that Christian nationalism kind of gets in on it, too. And, and you've, got, you've got a lot of guys that literally and, – and I don't think there's anything wrong with, with the guys that have a armory mm-hmm. on their property. Go ahead, my guy. Do it. Yeah. You have every right to do that. But but I would say to you, my friend, my brother, if you have a relationship with Christ, I would say, what is your motive in honoring God through all of that? Are, are your intentions to honor God and glorify God through what you are doing with everything? 
and I, I know the statements that can be made. I can sit here and have a, a two-sided argument because, mm-hmm. yes, that can be, yes, I'm honoring God because I'm, I'm protecting my family, my people, my property, um, and my right to worship. Okay. All right, good. Well, and I also think that those that have armories, if I had the money, I would too. You and me both. Well, and, and the reason being, I love shooting. Mm-hmm. I grew it's up around. Fun. I, I ran. I grew up around guns all my life. There are two things that I love. The three things that I love the smell of: gunpowder, mm-hmm. high octane racing fuel, and diesel fuel. Yep. And and and, the, and so you would quali- I guess qualify me as a gun enthusiast, right? I love shooting all kinds of different guns. Right. Um. I love target shooting. I love skeet shooting. Love watching things blow up. I love watching things blow up. <laughs> um. We're men. I, I'm a guy. Right. I mean. Most guys like these kind of things. Right. I don't like seeing people lose their life. No. I like shooting at target. Right. One, it helps me be proficient with my weapon, but also it's fun. It's a it's a, it's a journal. It's no different than a guy jumping out of a plane. But 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 when you pull your gun in that situation, you're you're choosing to take the life of the guy that's this the shooter. Exactly. You know, it's either him or me. Right. And and that is a a hard thing to navigate. But in that situation, when that shooter or when that person that is choosing to do harm, that is bringing or trying to harm you, attack you, whatever, pulls their gun mm-hmm. for, you know, myriad of different reasons, that's when they have gone from, they're, they're looking to bring harm to you, so you have a right to protect yourself. And, and going back to the story with me going to work, when I pulled my weapon out, I was scared. Like, I mean, I, and... Because I didn't want to do it. I didn't. Right. I didn't want to. I did not want to go through that this scenario. Right. And 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 the whole time I'm sitting there holding it. Right. My finger's not on the trigger. Right. Which is the way I was trained. Um. But I have it in my hand if mm-hmm. I need it. I'm. I am praying to God. God, just make this guy go back in his his car. I don't. Yep. I don't want to be here. Yeah. And, and 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 luckily God answered my prayer. But I didn't. It was a last resort for me. Right. If if he would have came at my car less aggressive, I would have rolled my window down and tried to talk. And I would have, in a calm voice, I would have said, "Yeah, listen, I'm not mad. I was just letting you know I was back here yeah. that you almost hit me. Yeah. And and I'm a good communicator. Right. Um. So my first option is to talk people down. Mm-hmm. Diffuse the situation. Listen, man, you and walk, me both want to go home. Walk away. Th- this is not worth it. Hey. And even even to the point that if the guy th- if, or if the person thinks that I did them wrong, I will apologize. Yeah. Listen, man, I'm sorry. I, I, did, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Please forgive me. Yeah, because the, the ultimate goal is, is preservation. Exactly. At that point. I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking to kill somebody. Right. That's the last right. thing I want to do. And that's where we start to cross the line in the bad side, the negative side of the people being able to own firearms. Yeah. And and arguably there is nowhere in the United States or even in other countries where gun control has worked. New York and Chicago have some of the strictest gun, gun ownership laws. Right. And I think New York you have to go through the the House of Representatives, their governing body to right. get a license, to get right. approved for a license. Right. And there's so much money involved. You gotta pay this fee, this fine, this fee, blah 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 blah. It's registered the whole nine. But you go to any mafia don that is in that city, 
and they will walk you to or take you to a location where they have an arsenal yeah. to equip and arm every man within their, their and, group. And that goes to the point that bad people are going to do whatever it takes to get right. the tools they need to be bad. Right. Whether it's a weapon, whether it's a AR-15, whether it's a knife, right. a box cutter, a baseball bat, whatever, right. bad people will get the tools they need to do bad things, right. period. Um, and, and we can, I want to dabble or I want to kind of walk over to the school side of this situation too, um, because I have heard a lot of arguments or a lot of statements saying how we resolve this issue. Oh, let's arm the teachers. Let's arm the administration. Let's do this. Let's do X, Y, Z and all those different things. Um, my wife is an educator. So my opinion, do teachers need to be armed? No. And she would tell you this. Because her responsibility is to those kids, to teach them, to love on them, to give them, in, in a lot of cases, a reprieve from their family life. Right. And, and, and most importantly, to educate them on how to read, write, math, all, all the things that go along with that. So, and she would agree. She would not want to be a person in charge of a firearm with a bunch of kids running and, around. And as a pastor, I, and I know there are other pastors that, that ha- do differently. Mm-hmm. I haven't come to this point yet of where do I arm myself as I'm preaching. I think there will become a, there will come a day where I do arm myself because of the circumstances. Because I, w- I would rather have it not need it than need it not have it. Well, and also that goes back to the environment. Right. So our nonprofit, the pastor, just recently started carrying. All right. Because he doesn't want a detail around him all the time, which I completely agree. Um, but we are always in the vicinity of, of him, and you, our our motto, I won't say motto, but my belief is we want to be felt but not seen. Right. So our church knows that there are people walking around as a part of a team for security and to keep the flock safe. Yeah, because church shootings are a what most people think is a soft target. Oh, godly people are, are going to be turning the other cheek and well, and uh, it's, against, it's against the law, federal law, right. to carry a weapon on school property, church property, banks, federal property, anything right. like that. Right. Unless the governing body, which would be the pastor in, in the case of a church, writes a letter saying, this person has my permission to carry concealed carry on the premises of on the campus of our church yeah so that's how we carry legally on, on, and, on our church property and, and from the administrative side of things do not assume that well i can just walk up in there and carry anyway because if a circumstance goes down and you make the decision to pull your gun mm-hmm and the security team does not know that, or you're not cleared or not aware that you are carrying, you add to the confusion and chaos because security teams or, or people we that are know, running. We know who's on our team. Right. Right. And you don't know if that's a good guy or a bad guy. That exactly. Pull so, if, so if something happens in the church, heaven forbid, any church, but in, in particular our, our church, if something happens, we know who is a part of our team. Right. We know who... We know them by face. We know them by we train together. Right. We shoot together. We have meetings together. Right. We we have strategic places that we are at. Right. We know who's there at all times, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So if something happens, you decide to roll up in a church and somebody gets mad and you start pulling a weapon and we don't know you. Right. 
you're considered a threat. Right. Just like when the police show up, we are considered a threat right. because the cop, the, the police officer doesn't know who is right. supposed to have the gun and who's not supposed to have yeah. the gun. But we are trained on what to do when a police officer shows up. Right. You are not. Right. Right. And that's the big thing, too. And and, and I would, from a church standpoint, um, I would encourage if, if you're listening to this and you do not have a security plan in place, team, whatever it may look like for your body of believers, worship, um, I would encourage you to have something in place because you don't need to be a soft target. Because you look at, we can, we can, we can lay out several examples of where shootings had happened and the people, the congregation were soft targets because people weren't caring, unfortunately. Um, you know, we, we're from South Carolina, biggest, you know, the, the AME church shooting mm-hmm. in, in Charleston. Um, I don't know if any of those people were armed. I don't know if there was anything going on there. Um, but the, the, you know, the guy that did the shooting, um, chose that target for a reason chose that target because he he did not see after weeks of observation any resistance from his perspective and he chose that target for a reason um well and and we have we've had scenarios happen to where they were less than favorable for the people in our church right and very questionable right almost to a dangerous situation right but it was resolved with no one pulling out a gun. Right. And it was just mainly a phone call saying, Hey, we've got this person asking these types of questions. Yeah. Will you mind, would you know, would you send an officer to come and come and talk to him? Right. I think we, with, with standing behind the second amendment, standing, being pro ownership, pro protection, those things, we can't just ignore the fact that the school shooting issue is a problem. Mm-hmm. It is a definite problem. Yeah. Um, I, you know, going back to no, I don't think I, I'm I'm in agreement to no, I don't think teachers should be mandated to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, should teachers be given the option to carry? I, That's debatable. Yeah, I would say I think, I think someone can make the argument for that, but there are better plans out there. Like, um, here in South Carolina, one of the plans on the table is for veterans, retired veterans, mm-hmm. to work. In conjunction with the school resource officer, right, on school campuses. So kind of like an air marshal type deal. Exactly, exactly like that. To where, with with the exception of this, an air marshal has all the authority. Right. Veterans would not. They they would be almost like a last line of defense, but they would fall under the orders of the school resource officer. Right. And in my opinion, they would. I would want them to re- be required to go through the training that a, that a sheriff's deputy would go through. Right. And the reason I like that plan is because, one, a veteran has a disciplinary mindset because they right. were in the military. Right. They understand orders. They understand how to obey and execute orders. Even execute. also the universal commands of, of gun speak. I know that, that that's foreign yeah. to me because yeah, I'm codes. not a – yeah. Code speak. Code speak, yeah. Um, like 10-8, 10-9, all these other right. – all these different – um, number codes that police officers use. They understand that language. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they understand they have the spirit of protectiveness. Right. But most importantly, they have the ability 
to use their brain and common sense mm-hmm. as opposed to their as opposed to their brawn. And in a combat situation. They've been in live fire. Exactly. The guys And that, even if they have yeah. it, they've been trained how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And and, and they are they've been trained to be proficient with their weapon. Yeah, well somebody firing a gun right over their shoulder. Exactly. They, and so that plan for me opens up a lot of it, it solves a lot of the problems that we in politics talk about. Right. Um and yeah, they're retired veterans. Right. They may not be the fastest on their feet, but if you put three or four in a school and a school resource officer and they work as a team and they train as a team, then there's some cohesiveness there that would protect the students and the staff and the administration. Right. So, so I know that another thing that I've seen on, um, on the proposal is metal detectors and things like that in the entrances for kids and stuff like that. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, my thought on that is there are ways, and I, I did some research on this too, there are ways that you can install those. And my my opinion is different since we talked about this one. Oh, okay, cool. So I want to hear it. As I've done some research on it, at first I was vehemently opposed to metal detectors, and this is why. Um, because you see the metal detectors like going through the airport and all that stuff. They're right. bulky. They, they look like you're walking into a jail compound, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um. Some of the kids that are coming into these schools, right? They have family that are in those jails. Right. They've had to go see dad the had, weekend before. Exactly. They've had to walk through these metal detectors. Yeah. Now, how my opinion has changed is that there are options out there. Technology is always changing. It's always getting right. better, but it's also more expensive. Um, that you can hide these metal detectors to where they're not as bulky and intimidating. Huh. Interesting. Um, they look like a light bar. Oh, cool. That you just put on the, the door frame and, the, and those types of stuff. And so you can conceal, not conceal them, but you can make them aesthetically right. to where they're not as intimidating. Right. Because we want to protect these students both from the physical threats. We want, their focus, we want their focus to be on learning when they walk into these these Exactly. And, and you know, we, we want to protect education. them both physically and mentally. Right. Because if, the, if they just went the weekend before to see their dad or uncle or somebody that was actually in prison. Right. We don't want to remind them that they come from a family like that. Right. We want the school to be a peace-loving experience. Right. And a learning experience. Right. And so my plan would be, when I was working at a restaurant, we had a guy, we paid a guy. He was he was retired. He just loved people. He loved kids. Right. His specific job was to walk around, talk to the kids, love on the parents, mm-hmm. get a refill now and then, whatever. Right. We paid him to do that. Now, it wasn't right. a whole lot of money, but he loved doing it. And the right. people loved him. Yeah. They called him Papa Phil. Right. I mean, our customers called him Papa Phil. Right. He wasn't related to him, but it was Papa Phil. Every time right. they came into this restaurant, right. he gave them a hug or a high five. I mean, right. so you've got a bunch of veterans walking around concealed. Mm-hmm. And they're just walking around loving on kids. Yeah. And, and what I love for Pushing this. Pushing a snack cart around. Right. Stuff, what? Just. Go ahead, just yep. stuff like that that they're loving on people. Right. What I love about this, too, is that it also addresses the issue of purpose for the veteran. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these guys serve our country, and they they are literally, when they go to boot camp, go to basic training, they are stripped down mentally, physically, to the core of the human being that they are. And the Marine Corps, the U.S. Army, don't you know Navy, Air Force, whoever, rebuilds them into what they need. 
Mm-hmm. Some people may say, oh, well, they just rebuild them into a killing machine, blah, 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 whatever. They rebuild the person into the soldier that the branch of service needs. Mm-hmm. And so from that point on, they're still the same person, but their mode of thinking is soldier mentality. Mm-hmm. And so when when a soldier orders comes and executing orders, orders and execution and direction and mm-hmm. purpose, and you have a veteran that comes off the field or, or out of the service for a myriad of different reasons, um, and maybe a veteran might be able to speak a little bit better to this of the pros and cons of this idea yeah. um, because I know some veterans do listen to this podcast and I do know that they're very pro-gun and all this other stuff. Um, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea, and it takes takes the responsibility off the administration. It doesn't make the school a soft target, and it helps the police, the resource officers out as well. Um, and that's, that's, that's one of the other problems it, it, it solves is the fact that the police department, in a lot of cases across the nation, are spread so thin because of politics. Let's right. just throw it out on the table. Right. Well, you've got extra manpower mm-hmm. at a way less expense – because I'm not saying we need to pay them a full year salary or something like that because they're retired. They are getting those benefits. And mm-hmm. they're not doing a whole lot of work as far as actual – I mean, they're just walking around the school patrolling, looking, right. you know, being aware of their of the environment. And these, guys and, are obser- and these guys are observant. They're nosy and they're observant. So your plate – please, I'm, all respect to – to veterans and all that they are they're trained to be observant and so when they're they're in not a combative situation or a wartime or a scenario whatever they're overly observant and nosy to civilian situations mm-hmm. that's why your veteran neighbor that that served in the armed forces knows you're coming and going every mm-hmm. hour of the day they know when your car pulls into the driveway and they know when you leave and they know who who's with you when you were coming or going and it's like, not it's not and i don't think nosy is is the right term right but, but I'll, I'll, I'll concede that but they're they're observant to the fact it's second nature to them. Right. They they I, I say this they see in four D. Mm-hmm. Right. So where you and I will see you coming and leaving. Right. They take it a step forward further. Uh, well, he he typically leaves around seven thirty yeah. in the morning. Yeah. And he, goes to work, and he typically gets around gets back home around five thirty. And and I know this is a I'm I'm going to chase this rabbit for a second. Uh, I believe that. The reason that you have a government that is pushing a single-payer health care system and all these different things, um, but they are neglecting the VA. They're neglecting veterans. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's with purpose and intention because the government has trained. Now, this is – we're kind of maybe going off into the conspiracy theory area a little bit here. Let me put so, my tin hat on. Yeah, go ahead. Um, but I've heard people make the argument of the reason that they're neglecting these veterans so is to debilitate them so that when a tyrannical government makes that move to overtake the people, that the soldiers don't have the 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 gumption to fight. Yeah. The the ones that would be on the front line and the ringleaders and, and the organi- organizers of a militia will not be able to fight because of X, Y, Z reasons. Now. And, and I'll say Plausible. this, let, let's don't even think that this scenario can't play out. Right. Look at what Russia did to Ukraine. Right. Right. In the blink of an eye, all of a sudden they're there. Right. And they're doing that. Right. So, it, yes, are we the most powerful nation on the planet? I fully agree. Yeah. Do we have some serious threats? Absolutely, Absolutely. We do. And could that scenario happen? Absolutely, it could. Yeah. Do I want it to happen? No. 
Because do I want the ability to protect me and mine? Most definitely. And then, of course, there's the snarky, you know, guy that lives in grandma's basement, you know, that will come back with you and say, well, what are you going to do when a a tank comes rolling down your street? Your nine millimeter is not going to do anything towards the the gun of that tank, blah, 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 you know, and they'll. If a tank comes, again, common sense. Right. If I see a tank coming down my street, I'm getting out. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to shoot the tank with a nine millimeter. Right. That's stupid. I'm going to follow or try to follow the tank to when the guy gets out of the tank and take the guy out that run that's running maybe, the tank. Maybe, you know, but that, I may just remove myself from the situation right, altogether. Right. There, there's a time I to fight. Backyard. There's a time to flee. <laughs> exactly. I'm right. not, I'm, we're not stupid here. Right. But but I, I I venture to say that there is a point to where the government would get to a tyrannical point to where the, the oath that these servicemen take to defend and protect the Constitution against... Foreign, foreign and, and domestic. domestic. Um, I, I think that there's a large percentage of those men, um, more so than what would be on the other side, would take up arms against the domestic. The, the domestic. And um, so I, let's table that. I know that's a whole different conversation here. Um, but when we when we talk about all of this, man, and we we've talked a little bit about the the government, you know, the 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 process of is it biblical as a follower of christ that that we can make a basis of we've covered that we've talked about you know the schools and the the soft target scenarios and and all of those things and we we agree on that presence is one of the biggest deterrents people in those scenarios where it be a mall whether it be um a football game or whatever proper trained people mm-hmm. with weapons deters and doesn't make that scenario a soft target situation. Well, it, it deters, but it also equalizes. Yeah. And I, and I think that's that's where a lot of people don't go. Right. It, yes, it deters. If, if, if a person has the thought that if I break into this car or if I, if I break into this house, this person may have a gun. Right. Then common sense states you may not want to. You may want to go to a different house. Yeah. But right? I've also seen a lot of ring recordings as of late yeah. of these guys that are coming into the house. They're armed, too. Yeah. But the thing that people don't realize is that somebody comes into my house as an intruder. I know they're coming. I know they're coming, and I know the layout of my territory. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Yep. I know where my couch is in the dark. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the advantage that you have over this guy. And and one of the things when we were talking about this earlier too is not to go back to the protection of your personal territory thing, but um, when the intruder comes in, yes, you 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 have to be able to control or, or be proficient in your your distance mm-hmm. areas, your your square footage or whatever you want to call it. But um, you pose the question, okay, how are you posturing yourself to protect yourself when you're aiming down that hallway around or whatever a corner around or a corner? Or, yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, I'll just, just, you know, foolishly, foolishly, I said this. I said, well, I'll just, I stand kind of around the corner with peeking. And you were like, no, no. You you said, you need to get low. Mm -hmm. You need to get low where, and be where the intruder does not expect you to be. Mm -hmm. Because the intruder walks in, he's going to expect you to be eye level or whatever. He's not, the first place he's going to check is eye level. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that gives me a, an split eight, a split second to pull the trigger on him before he even can aim at me. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that you don't think about. Well, and something else I brought to you is, all right, so he breaks in your front door. Right. Okay. One, you have a ring. Right. Doorbell. 
So you got the alert that someone's at your front door. So right. you already know. You know someone's there. You mm-hmm. don't necessarily know if it's a threat or a right. non-threat. Or a bug. Or a bug or whatever. Right. <laughs> so you prepare yourself. Right. You grab your weapon, baseball bat, knife, gun, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Whatever you use that you're proficient with. Mm-hmm. And you slowly walk toward the door. Mm-hmm. So you say, how can I help you? Based on how that person responds will give you inclination of their intent. Mm-hmm. Meaning... If they come to, the, if they start talking, oh, I was just in a car wreck, and, and they sound very distressed, and mm-hmm. they sound very upset, mm-hmm. then you can lower your stance a little bit to where they're just, you know, what you can start asking more questions. What yeah. happened? Where, where's the car? Yeah, whatever. But let, not, me, let me call the cops for you. Yeah, that and, kind of thing. And logic helps in that situation too. If it's if it's two thirty in the night, and knowing my neighborhood and knowing where I live in my neighborhood. And knowing, you know, if that's the person's statement when I answer the ring doorbell, um, I'm I'm pretty far back in my neighborhood for you to be knocking on my door, having a car wreck out on the main highway where I live. Something's not right here. So then you raise. Yeah, my awareness is back up. Okay, yeah. So based on, I mean, and those are common sense approaches. You're not looking. You're not looking for a fight. You're not looking. You're just man. Just leave me alone. I want to go back to sleep. Yeah. Um, kind of situation. But through the conversation, you can you can def- you can deduce whether it's a, a real threat or a non-real threat. Right. For the most part. Now, if they just bust in your door, right, you take that as immediate aggression. threat, yeah. aggression. All right, game on. Immediately. So what yeah. what do I do next? Right. I get low. I, I prepare myself. What is between my room where I'm at that was and the front point, door? Yeah. yeah, that was another good point you made as as far as positioning of children's rooms too yep. because in that scenario um you don't know what the intruder has and you may have to god forbid go to your if you have a backup go to your backup weapon and for my case my backup weapon um is not a uh it's it's a 12 gauge with birdshot mm-hmm. that goes through walls yeah and it can go through walls. It can go through walls. That puts my children at risk. Because of the way it shoots. Because of the way it shoots. It's, it's a spray. It's a spray, yeah. Instead of a single... Yeah. And so th- there's a lot of things as far as... And, and that's another road. And Just thinking through and being smart, a responsible owner. Don't, don't be a hothead. I, I think that's a thing, too. If you... Like... There's, I've I've observed you with your own with your your when you are carrying, you are very very conscious of and responsible because you have that gun on your your side, um, as you should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the when you're speaking of of home defense or anything like that, you've got to walk yourself through that. And another thing that you walked me through, you brought up all ago, um, have a plan with your wife. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Walk her through, hey, this happens, you get the children, you go to the X place, and... Do not open the door do not until open the door. you hear my voice. Yeah, and... And if you want to put a code word, put right, a code word. Right, right. Think through it. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of times intruders and stuff will back down when they hear the racking of a 12-gauge or a 9-millimeter, yep. you know? Just the shh yep. is, is enough to... Deter. Deter. Um Anyway, that and I don't want to go on a tangent. I, I kind of want to wrap this up here with this kind of final 
conversation piece. And we go to Romans and we see, you know, obey the laws of the land and abide, you know, submit to the government, blah, 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 those types of things in that argument. If the day comes of government confiscation. I sold mine. Right. We say that. We say that. Yeah. Um, and I know we, we say that jestily, um, but there is a part that's like, because you know that criminals will have weapons regardless yeah. of what the government does. Exactly. Um, Look at Chicago, New York. Right. And, and well, there's a lot of people that can will make the argument, well, the Chicago and New York only have only have the guns because uh, Indiana is a, is a gun gun state, and you can buy guns in Indiana and take them across the board. All that, I've heard that argument. Yeah. Regardless. But they also are the, the two states that have the most strictest gun laws. Right, right. So who has the guns? The criminals. The criminals. Who doesn't have the guns? The general public. Law-abiding citizens. And it's killing that city. Yeah. You look at Detroit. Detroit's the same yep. way. Look at Memphis. Memphis, same way. Yep. New Orleans, same way. Once again, I don't want to go down that tangent. Is there a line, though, where we, as people who submit to the government, as followers of Christ, because you, you and I have both said that there is a point where we honor Scripture and God before we honor our country. Well, and, and this brings to the point of one, I think, one of the failures of the church is in society today, churches have positioned themselves to be pacifist, mm. right? Yeah. Turn your other cheek. All right. the, and they, and they use all of these scripture verses to, to proof yeah. their, their thought process. Right. That's not biblical. So when, when the government tries to come and take away my ability to protect me and my family, that's not biblical. So right. I follow scripture over the government. Right. So when the government passes laws that infringe on the fact of what my Bible, the yeah. God's holy word, teaches me, then I have the responsibility to follow Christ before government. Right. And that is what the Second Amendment protects. Right. So the line is, because you and I talked about when does the Bible subjugate the Constitution. Right. And it doesn't. Okay. Right. And and so basically I follow scripture and any law that's passed that makes me yeah. go against God's teachings. Right. I'm I'm justified in not following. And and the thing is is when we when we break to the down, point of saying to the government, I'm sorry, I saw Right. You. When we break down the Constitution, Bill of Rights, the founding founder father's intent, they may not have all been uh strong believers. Yeah. But Christian principles, biblical principles, are what guided the writing of these documents. Yeah. And I would even go as far as, you know, America today is not a Christian nation. It's, we're, it's a post-Christian nation by far. Well, and um, we were never a theocracy. Right. But Constitutional republic. Yep. And, but biblical principles will help you, whether you believe in the Bible or God or not, if you right. live by the principles of the Bible, you are a better person in general for it. You love people well. Right. You respect people well. Right. You treat people well. Mm -hmm. You work hard at your job. Right. You work, you have, you work hard for your family. You look out for the orphans and the widows. You look out for the orphans and the widows. You take care of your neighbor. You love your neighbor. Right. You, I don't care if you believe in the Bible or not. Right. If you live by those principles, you're a good dude. Right. You're a good person. So no, we're by the world standards. Even by (laughs) even by the world standards, right? You know what I'm saying, right? Okay. So no, we live by the Bible, 
Right. The Constitution never subjugates, subjugates Scripture, even if you don't believe in God. Right. Those principles stand on their own. And even more so with a believer that is following Christ, those principles right. turn into a lifestyle, and you are even better for it because you got the Holy Spirit to help you and learn and guide you. And and, and, and what's interesting, too, is that uh, I've been undertaking a chronological reading of the Bible this year. And as you work through First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings and Chronicles and all that, you have these accounts where David, to fulfill the purpose and glory of God, called the Israelites to take up arms. Mm-hmm. David walked out on now, of course, I, I feel like the the story of David and Goliath has been abused out of context. But you look at simply the principle of David and Goliath, David walked out onto that battlefield with an armed weapon, mm-hmm. an armament, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It was a slingshot, but it wasn't this little toy slingshot. I don't know if you've ever seen guys that throw these styles of slingshots. Um, the, it's a whole new level it of proficiency. Is a, it is a whole new level of proficiency, and the stones that they use upon contact, if they were to hit you in the head, not just sink into your head, as Scripture says, it's traveling at velocity and speed that would blow your skull up. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that. Yeah. So we have all of those principles of where David was calling his men to take up arms, to protect, to fight, to spread God's kingdom. To to for, it was it was God's people reclaiming God's land mm-hmm. for His people, and that whole process to fulfill God's purpose. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to motive. It all comes back to heart. It all comes back to purpose as yep. to why if you're walking into a gun shop today to buy ammo. To look at a new gun, you know, I would I would say the thing that that we would ask you to consider is, what's your purpose, mm-hmm. and is that purpose God honoring, and is that purpose to protect? Is that purpose to um, do all the things that we've talked about? Now, we're just two guys with two opinions. Yep. You know, um, there are there are a bunch of different, and here's the beautiful thing about it: the Second Amendment is not demanding that you have to own a gun. No, and not everybody needs to own a gun. You don't want to own a gun? Guess what? This is the beauty of the Constitution. You don't have to own a gun. Don't go buy one. Go spend your money on a knife or a baseball bat or whatever, or you don't have to own anything. That's the beauty about it. I think we both agree that we need to to protect our most valuable assets, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that schools are soft targets. Yeah, hospitals. Hospitals are soft targets. Those need to be seriously looked at. Um, and we need to quit piddling around and know, know the, the removal of guns is not going to solve the issue because criminals are still going to find a way to have weapons. They're going to find a way to have guns. And it's not going to stop the criminal from getting a gun, because guess what? The criminal's not focused on law, uh, being a law-abiding citizen. The criminal's focused on being being uh, committing a crime. Yeah. And so, if they're not, if they haven't abide abided by law to this point, they're not going to abide by law. So the 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 gun laws, the Second Amendment overturning, is only going to hurt the people that are peaceful, law-abiding gun owners. Yep. And the people that who aren't right uh, owning guns, and it will embolden. It will embolden the criminals to continue and to increase what they are doing. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, this is a this is a subject that we're both very passionate about. Um, you know, uh, I want to thank you just for hanging out with me and and having this conversation, man. Um, I really really appreciate it. Um, you know, definitely want to know what you think. Um, there's a way for you to do that here with this podcast. So I definitely want to hear back from you. If you go to Anchor FM slash the table podcast sc i think is uh our our thing or if you go to anchor.fm and just search the table podcast with my name jimmy mcfarlane uh you'll be able to find the uh anchor page the anchor fm page and on that page there's a place where you if you have a uh, built-in microphone on your computer or your phone or wherever you can leave a voice message for us and so um We'd love to know what you think. We'd love to know um, what uh, your opinion is. And um, would you know if we get enough response on this topic, um, I'll have Douglas back in and we'll, we'll, we'll sit down and, and maybe have a, a dialogue or conversation, let you listen to some of the, the messages or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, um, but here's the beautiful thing about this. Uh, by no means, once again, we're not saying that you have to own a gun. That's the beauty of the Second Amendment. You can choose as a free citizen to own or not to own. But don't take it away from those who want to right. own a gun. And and the gun is not the problem. And I know a lot of people will say, "Oh well, I always hear that." A gun does not fire itself. I have I have had a handgun for almost four years now that I use to protect myself and my family. Mm-hmm. It is yet to hurt anybody. It's set right where I keep it, loaded. Yep. Out of reach of my son, of course operating safely it is yet to get a mind of its own and jump up and kill somebody yep yet because the gun's not the issue and if it's not a gun it would be a rock or a knife or a canister bomb or whatever so that's that's the thing that the perspective that we're coming from and i know there are opposing views and i and i know that hey um here's the thing that i do want you to consider if you've made it this far in this podcast and you disagree with us it's okay to disagree. Yeah. And I think that's what 2022 needs to hear is that if you if you follow Christ, it's okay to disagree on, on these small issues like this. We just wanted to come to the table and say, okay, I'm a Christian. Is it okay for me to own a gun? The The short answer that we kind of come, we, we came to was yes. For protection. It's for protection. For protection, not to brandish, not to be foolish with. Well, and, and I think this, one of the, and I know we're trying to wrap up, yeah. but one of the cop-outs people use, well, Scripture's, you know, Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. Well, <laughs> the root word of kill mm-hmm. is murder. Yeah. There's a difference between killing and murder. Yep. Killing is just. Right. If someone breaks in my house, I have the right, and it's justified, right. to kill that person. Right. Now, is it right for me to go to a school and start murdering Unjustly? People? Unjustly? Yeah. No. Yeah. And so... That that is a useless right. argument and a just a cop out. Right, and it's cool to read through the Old Testament scripture and when when God was setting up rules and regulations for His people through Deuteronomy and Numbers, there were actual situations. There were cities of refuge that people could go to. That if an event where an accident happened, where a person was killed by accident by a weapon by whatever that person could go to the city of refuge until a just trial was able to be given that, that type of thing. So there, there's, when you read scripture, there's, there's mandates and all cool stuff. And I know that's a whole different other story, but um, going back to, if you disagree with us, it's okay to disagree. I, I think um, in 2022, we need to practice what the true meaning of tolerance is. 
That means that if uh, you like the color yellow and I like the color blue, guess what? And we can't agree on which is the best color. You go on living your life loving the color yellow, and I'll go on living my life color blue. And because of the mandate of Imago Day, you are an image bearer of God. I want to respect. Yeah. See, we, and this is a whole other thing. Is we've we've kind of gotten to this rut of thinking that if you disagree with me, I've got to hate every fiber of your being. Well, tolerance, just, to, tolerance is not acceptance. Right. I tolerate people at work cussing and, and using God's name in vain and all yeah. that stuff. I tolerate that. Yeah. I still don't accept it. Right. Right. And that's that's a great point. So um, if you've made it this far, man, thank you so much. Um, and, and we definitely want to know what you think. And all the information will be down in the show notes below. Go to Anchor FM uh, and search the Table Podcast uh, with my name, Jimmy McFarlane tag to it and there's going to be a message button if you want to leave us a voicemail or if you're an old-fashioned and you want to type out your uh, response via email you can email us at the table podcast sc at gmail.com that's the table podcast sc at gmail.com um and once again douglas I want to thank you for sitting down with us Appreciate and it, um it was fun yeah man and um we uh look forward to uh your episode 24 so we're uh nice. on on turning 25 next episode so uh the the push to 50 is on and um well just want to thank everybody for listening be sure to like and share this episode and we'll see you next week on the table Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Table. Any information about today's guest will be in the comments section of this episode. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, feel free to email us, thetablepodcastsc at gmail.com. See you next week here at The Table.